And welcome to church and welcome to evening church, everybody. It's an absolute honor for us to have you here. I wonder if we can just give honor where honor is due. We give God the glory, but we can still give honor. And uh, can we thank the band? They have blessed us tonight, and thank you so much. If you're a first-time guest at, uh, guest at Kemmel Church, uh, you're so welcome, and it's an honor for us to welcome you here. I want to ask you, if it's your first time, if you just can, maybe just after the service, um, just on the right-hand side, when you go outside the door, there's a connection desk. We just want to meet you personally and, and hand out your a, a welcome bag, and uh, Pastor Pat will um, invite you for a coffee and have a coffee with you, so that would be great. So you're so welcome to church. I just have a couple of announcements before we get into the Word. Um, first of all, uh, afterwards, there's dinner for five bucks, uh, so that's great, but just on the menu so that you can, you're going to get steak now, that's the Word of God, and then, uh, that's a joke, so any case. Um, there's butter chicken and rice, <laughs> beef lasagna, and then I think it's spinach ricotta uh, lasagna for the, for the vegan people. Uh, we love you, and we pray for you, uh, but we, um, any case, when I, like, uh, when I want vegetables I, or uh, salad, I eat normally chicken, but um, <laughs> any case. <laughs> uh, and then tomorrow night, there's prayer, prayer at 7, so um, if, if uh, you want to come and pray with us, it's church-wide prayer tomorrow at 7 here in the auditorium, uh, we would love for you to come and pray with us, there's something powerful about prayer, and then for all the parents, click is, uh, will commence again the 27th of August uh, for the grade 4 and uh, to 6 is on Friday, the 27th of August, they'll commence. Are you excited about the word, church? Thanks for the four people that's excited. Any case, um, we, we are starting a brand new series called um, Choices, and uh, choices that we need to make because certain cho there's choices and choices that we can make that leads to joy because I think that it's, it's something that all of us needs and it's something that, that the city needs and our community needs. They need joy. And um, I, I have a, uh, just a... Four, four verses for, for this series we're going to study in, in the next four, four weeks uh, about choices, or, or three weeks, and then it's Father's Day. We have something special planned for Father's Day. But for the next three weeks, we're going to uh, um, just share on choices. But it, it's, it's this verse, uh, verse 1 to 4 in, in Isaiah chapter 61. And if you read it, it's, it's actually our mandate as a church as well. And not just us, our church, the capital C church around the world. It's our mandate that we need to do as a church. It says the following, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tithings. I mean, there's people out there that doesn't know the Lord and we need to bring them the good news. We need to preach good news. We need to share our faith. And he goes on to say, the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And it's interesting, in, in Exodus 6, 6, he, 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 where, where he says, I, I'll, I, will, I will save you from, from Egypt. And then he says, I will redeem Egypt in you, or, or get uh, you saved from the Egypt within you. And it's the same here. Once pe people get saved, they still need some healing inside. There's still an Egypt inside of them that they need to get out. And, and he says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
Meaning we, we have an obligation as a church to get people saved, but then get them healed. Get them to take off their mask and, and get them to tell their stories so that they can find healing. I mean, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. And this is the, the key word, the oil of joy for the morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I wonder who is experiencing a spirit of heaviness. And, and I think we all know people who experience that spirit of heaviness in our communities, in our world, in our friendships, in our family, who experience that. It's a spirit of heaviness. And it goes on, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that, they, uh, that he may be glorified and they shall rebuild old ruins. They shall rise up the former desolation. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. I wonder what great stories can we hear in, in a year's time or two years' time when we start to invite friends and we can help them to make the right choices by choosing Jesus and they get healing and how this can become their life verse that they may be called trees of righteousness, that they shall rebuild their ruined cities, their ru ruined families. But in this, and for this to happen, we need to make choices because choices leads to joy. But we need to make certain choices so that we can experience joy. And I'm not sure if you have favorite people uh, in the Bible. Uh, I mean, in the Old Testament, probably for me, it's, it's uh, Jesus' ultimate favorite. Let me just say that quickly. And then, but in the Old Testament, probably David. Probably David. In the New Testament, obviously Paul because of, of just uh, all the wise things that he said and, and, and all his, his writings. But he writes the following. He writes in in, in 2 Corinthians uh, 6 verse 10, he, he says he's sorrowful, uh, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. How, how is it possible for, for Paul to, to say this statement? to say something like this. And, and just to backtrack a bit, you, you have to understand, Paul is the guy that, that got shipwrecked. I mean, I, I have no idea how it is feeling to be shipwrecked. What's that feeling, what that feeling should feel like. I, I'm not sure if, if you're big on the ocean, but if you're on the ocean and there's nothing around you, what do you think about? I mean, my first thoughts are sharks. And then sharks, and then great white sharks. I'm not sure what, have you ever been in the ocean and the swells go and, you're, and there's not a lot of people and suddenly something touches your feet? I mean, you're gonna do a Jesus and walk on water on that stage. And this guy got shipwrecked. He, he, he got, he, he got um, 
five times the lashes that, that Jesus had. They, they literally whipped him. Can you, can you imagine this guy? He, 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 got, he got whipped uh, with, with, or lashed, whatever the right English word is, but he got it. I mean, he, he even got stoned, and not in the recreational way. One might say he probably enjoyed that, but it's, it's not that stoned. He got physically stoned with stones. And yet he's saying this, sorrowful, yet rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. That leads me to a question. How can he say that? What does he know that we don't know? What life choices is he making that we need to make? And just a disclaimer for tonight's message, it's nothing revolutionary. It becomes revolutionary, and what I'm going to teach tonight, it becomes revolutionary only when you implement it in your life. You're not going to go, second, of, second night of our evening services, because we had lockdown, oh, Salvin, that was, that was some new stuff. It's not going to be. But I can't promise you, once you implement it in your life, your life will never be the same. Once you hear what Paul has to say, what is the choice that we need to make? And over this next three weeks, I want to give you a couple of choices that we need to make in our lives so that we can experience joy, so that we can be joyful, so that we can have joy in our family and in our lives and personally. And here's the number one thing and the first choice that we always need to make. The first choice is to pray first. Is to pray first. I know you were waiting for something good and something huge. We should pray first, church. Thank you. I'll take that one amen if it's only one. We should pray first. In our lives, when we wake up tomorrow morning, I want to I wanna encourage you to pray first, even if it's good morning, Lord. Because what do we sometimes do? We can't open our eyes, and the first thing is we reach for our phones because Facebook is going to open our phone, uh, eyes very quickly for us. And then we're going to get discarded or, or, or not have so much joy because most of your mates went out last night and they were not inviting you and you were like, sick invite. Uh, what am I missing out on? And suddenly your world is turned upside down because your first choice that you made in the morning was to see what happened in other people's lives. And uh, by the way, it's probably not... Uh, it, Probably didn't happen the previous evening. It was just a previous photo that they decided to post. I've did that many times. I mean, was back home, in my home, posting a picture of being in the bushveld. And suddenly I get text messages. Oh, you're so lucky. Meanwhile, I'm back at home. Why? Because it's, what do people share on, on social media? Only our highlight reels. I mean, we're not going to share how the house looks after the kids trashed it. Have you seen those photos? No, never. I mean, last week I, I, I've been watching a movie Cool Runnings, and I first had to tidy up before uh, in front of the TV because the kids trashed the place. I moved it, take a photo, looked very neat. Dad of the year, clean house. But our first choice, church, should be to pray 
first. And Paul connects, connects pr- prayer and joy so good in, in, in the following chapter of Philippians 4. And what I want to do is I want to use the, the outline of Philippians 4 of how Paul is connecting joy and prayer together. And we're just going to go through Philippians 4. He says the following, Philippians 4 verses 4 and 5, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So if you have joy, just put a re on it as well. Rejoice again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And there's five things, church, that prayer produces in our lives. Five things. Five things that it produces so that we can experience joy. Number one, number one, prayer replaces worry. Prayer replaces worry. I mean, the whole root word for worry is to strangle or get strangled. And we sometimes get so strangled in all our worries, in things that we worry about. And Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything and every situation, by prayer, don't worry and be anxious about everything, but pray. We need to pray. Why? Because what does worry do? Worry borrows from the future about things that even, didn't even happen yet. We, we worry about things and then you're going to borrow some things from the future. And sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't happen. But most of the times they don't happen. And we have worried about things that hasn't even happened yet. And we're afraid of things that might happen. But Philippians 4, 6 in the message translation says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petition and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. If you worry, pray. If you're concerned about things, pray. Why? Because prayer replaces worry. It was Jesus that says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can it add to your life? And then he he goes on to say in verse uh, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We sometimes worry about things. And we worry about so many things, it strangles us. But prayer replaces worry. And here's the thing, and and it, it probably hits home the hardest for me and personally, because what we worry about most reveals where we trust God the least. You can go and tweet that. Hashtag Kenmore Church. What we worry about the most is probably the areas in our lives that we trust God the least. We are so, we are worried, worrying about stuff that we don't have control over. We don't even trust God with it. But when we start to pray and when we live in a lifestyle of prayer, it replaces worry. Second thing that prayer does is Prayer, relinquish control. Prayer, relinquish control. Because some don't release. Some of us don't want to release stuff that we worry about. 
And you know what we want to do? We want to co-control with God. And he, he's not going to, I wanted to say, he's not going to play ball like that. But in Australian context, he's not going to play footy like that. He's not going to do it. That's not how he's going to roll, church. We have to relinquish control. We cannot co-control with God. It's impossible. He's not going to let us do it. That's not how he functions. Philippians 4, 6, 7 again. And by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request, request to God. Represent it. What is it that you worry about that you need to uh, give over and give it to God? You can't co-control. You can't co-control the outcome. You have to present it to God. And it goes on, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. But you first have to present it, then you will experience the peace. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I'm sure there was a, a song, I'm not sure here, but back home when, I, when we were in kids' church, there was, cast your burdens unto Jesus for he cares for you. And then you go, cast and then, how does it go again? Is it that song? Higher, 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 lift you. And then it goes lower, 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 stamp the devil lower. Something like that. That's where you tap your hands. And, uh, cast your burdens. The Greek word for cast literally means to throw everything with everything you have. To throw it away. You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him. Why? For you are his personal concern, church. You are God's personal concern. That thing that you are worrying about, you are his personal concern. That job that you are worrying about, you are his. Cast it to him. Throw it to him. Why? Because prayer relinquishes control. You can't go control. Lord, I'm throwing this to you. I'm casting my burdens to you, God. It can't be God's problem and my problem, church, at the same time. And it can't be God's problem and your problem at the same time. Here's a benediction for you in Romans 15, 13. We're not at the end of the service yet. Only in an hour's time, but in any case... <laughs> Joke. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you experience his peace, but you need to cast it. You need to throw it to him. I mean, again, on an old song, I'm not sure why I'm on the old songs, but it's great. It was a song that said, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. And there's a, this line that says he carries it so that we don't have to. There's things that you are currently carrying that you don't have to. So I mean, what do I do? You start praying. Get in a lifestyle of prayer. It needs to become a habit. We need to pray first. 
Number one, prayer replaces worry. And number two, prayer relinquishes control. And number three, prayer relegates our thinking. It relegates our thinking. And, and in this day and age, we get a lot of clutter and junk coming through this eyes, through our phones, through social media, through everything. And, and the problem is sometimes, yes, Alvin, but we know how to filter it out, and we have taught ourselves how to filter it out, and, and we have filters and everything. I know we have filters, church, but the problem with filters is it's still in you. Have you ever seen a Dyson? I mean, greatest invention ever. Not sure why they're not in Africa, but that's the greatest thing. A stick. That vacuum. Greatest thing. I mean, it, it sucks up all the junk and everything. And there's a filter inside it. You still have to clean that filter as well because the filter is still in it. And sometimes we, we get so much, much junk into our, our eyes and our ears and, and from all the news and all social media and, and all the YouTube channels and everything that's thrown to us. And prayer comes and it regulates our thinking. And probably one of the best things that we as Christians can do is sometimes just take a break from social media and take a break from everything media and just, just fast that for a week or two. Philippians 4, 8, Paul comes and he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything, um, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I mean, what, what is it that you are letting into these eyes? That's why we need to, to come in a time of prayer and say, Lord, Lord, just, just be with me today. Lord, that, that what I'm going to see today. Lord, I'm just praying that, that it's from you. Lord, my, may I hear your voice and not the voice of the, of the world that's screaming and try to scream louder. Whenever we pray, it regulates our thinking. It helps us to hear him more clearly and to see him more properly. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Think about the things of heaven and not the things of this earth. Not of worldly things, but how is it in heaven? Church, how's your marriage looking like in heaven? How's your, how's your health looking like in heaven? I mean, sometimes we, we get a heartache or something, a pain, and the first thing we do is we Google what's the symptoms. The problem with that is, we get Googleitis then. And we don't first pray, we Google first. Can we be a people that prays first before we Google everything? Can we be a people that, that trust Him first for the breakthrough of healing? Because we have a lifestyle of prayer. Because our thinking gets regulated by His Word and His voice in our lives. C.S. Lewis said the following, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. But aim at earth and you will get neither. We should think heavenly th thoughts. Think about God and pray. Number four, prayer reveals 
contentment. Whenever you go into your, your prayer closet or your, you get at your quiet time, sometimes we, we just go, I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. But, but once you start to pray, once you start to communicate and, and, and have this conversation with God, it, it, it turns from I need this and I need this and I need this to, to God, you are all that I need. Why? Because prayer reveals contentment. Philippians 4.12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul knew what it is to have everything and to what it is to have nothing. But he learned the secret of being content. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have all. Why? Because he's my shepherd. He's everything that we need. James, you can come up so long. Number five. Sorry, number four. I will, and we have to decide I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. He's going to provide for you, church. He's going to provide for you. But can you start by casting all? Can you start to, to develop a lifestyle of prayer so that prayer reveals contentment? Number five, prayer relies on God. Prayer relies on God. Because where I have need and where you have need, we can confess Philippians 4.13. We can confess I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Sometimes we, I mean, all of us have some needs and different kind of needs. But whenever we pray, we can rely on God. And prayer relies on God. Wherever there's need in our lives, we can confess. We can do everything through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus final verse before I close. Proverbs 16, 20. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Whenever I was in, 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 in a time of prayer, I think personally I got it wrong most of my life. Especially in my prayer life. Because every time have you, have you ever discovered whenever you pray, it's, it's, it's sometimes just God, this, this is my needs. And we, we, most of the times we just start with our list. And then the time is up, we need to go, we need to leave, we need to get the kids at school. and Always thinking that, that, that prayer is going to move God closer to me. And as, as I matured as a Christian, I, I actually came to the 
well, to the revelation maybe or whatever we can call it in English. That prayer doesn't move God towards us. Prayer moves us towards God. It's us that moves closer towards Him. It's we that when we start to pray, we, we experience that we are living closer towards Him. I wonder if, if we can be a people that, that pray first. That we'll become and come into that habit of praying first. We start in the morning by just, good morning, Lord. Get you a coffee and go pray first. I mean, I think those two are close to holy together. But we pray first. Whenever, whenever you have to send that email, pray first. Whenever, whenever you have to do a difficult call, pray first. Whenever you need to confront somebody, and you know you're going to step into a meeting and you, it's going to be confrontational. Pray first. Lord, just, just bring some peace in me. Just bring peace in the boardroom. Peace in the HR room. Peace in my marriage. Peace with my children. Whenever you drop your kids off at school, before you go to school, pray first. May it become the norm for us that we always pray first. Why? Because prayer leads to joy. And if you want to have joy in your life, you need to be start to start praying. You have to start praying. You know, Zalman, where can I start? You, you start tonight. You start tomorrow morning. Come tomorrow evening for corporate prayer. Make it a habit. Make prayer a habit. I know it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you an hour tomorrow night from 7 to 8. But you're going to get joy in return. You're going to experience joy in return because prayer leads to joy. I don't know about you, but I'm not, what would the word now be? I can't see a spirit of heaviness over Brisbane any longer. We need to pray and pray a lot more so that they can experience joy and joy to the fullest because His name is Jesus and they need to experience Him. We experience Him through prayer and conversation with Him. But there's a world outside there. There's a spirit of heaviness resting on them and we have a mandate to go and preach the good news to them so that they can experience Him and life to its fullest. Prayer leads to joy. Let's close our eyes. Lord, thank You for who You are. And thank You, Lord, that, that this can be our first choice. Our first choice can be prayer to live a life and a, a life of prayer. Our lifestyle is based on prayer. Lord, I just want to pray for everyone here that that will become their lifestyle, a lifestyle of prayer, that they will make that choice 
so that they can experience you and can experience joy in overflow. Thank you, Lord, that we can worship you, that through prayer we can have a conversation with you and just cast all our burdens and our worries to you and experience joy to the fullest. And as every eyes is closed and heads bowed, I'm wondering, maybe you are visiting tonight or maybe it's your first time to church or you've been coming a long time, but you haven't made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I also want to give you that invitation as well, an opportunity. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to expose you. or I just want you to make that decision tonight to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and also the gift of salvation that he has for you. That means you're going to go to heaven. Nothing is going to keep you out of it. And the only decision that you need to make to experience that in your life is to accept the gift of salvation. So if you have never accepted that gift that's freely given to you, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to expose you, but if you want that prayer tonight, will you just raise your hand and let it down? I'm not going to call you forward. Thanks, you can let it down. Thank you. Thank you. There's someone else that just want to accept Christ Jesus. Thank you. You can let it down. Thank you. There's a couple of hands, and I, I wonder if you can, everything, everyone in this house, just in supporting those people who raise their hand, just pray after me this, this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come tonight and I confess that I'm a sinner. But thank you that you have died for me. And Lord, I come tonight and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And thank you for forgiving me. And all my sins, past, present, and future. And thank you that I can be called a child of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give them cheer.